she's sexy, but she's weird. Do you know what I mean? She's weird. <laughs> I have a confused boner. Kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to, hey, did you ever see that movie? I'm your host, Dez. <laughs> and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. Everywhere I go, there's always an asshole. And joining us again, the podcaster with the degree uh, in terror and a sweet-ass bass guitar, Tony. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> this week, we will be discussing the 1984 piece of shit rock drama, Streets of Fire. <laughs> Directed by Walter Hill and written by Larry Gross, starring Michael Pera, Diane Hur- Lane. Hooray! <laughs> wow, how you... Diane Lane. Peru. Peru. Oh, I wish we were doing that one today. Oh, um, my God. Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, and... Willem Dafoe, the shining light in this, oh, the shining neon light in this movie. <laughs> As always, this movie will contain spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it, then come back or and don't to the podcast or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> so this is the time. What do we do? Disaster Peace Theater. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to Disaster Peace Theater, where me and my two co-hosts will act out one scene from the movie that we are reviewing for you this evening. So please, sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. Quiet on the set! To Amber Speed, sound production, take one. You know... The battery's going to be nothing but trouble. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm getting paid for it. Right, Fish? That's right, Cody. <laughs> you cut me in. I'll back you up. Listen up, Mary Poppins. This isn't going to be some baby-making competition. We don't need no skirt tagging along. Look, I don't <laughs> think you can handle it, okay? <laughs> What do I got to do? I need the job. I'm plenty good enough, and I ain't going to let you down. Listen up, skirt. Let me make it simple for you. Take a hike. All all right. I'll cut you in for 10%. But get this. (laughs) If you start dragging your ass, I'm sending you home. I got it. Listen up. I'm not paying you extra to take some Sally homemaker sweetie pie along for company. <laughs> and Dylan took out my line about the breath milk. So we're not doing a I breath can't... milk competition either. <laughs> oh, my God. Cut! 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 <sighs> we should get Oscars compared to what they did in the movie. It was just, oh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, it was pretty God. bad. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> I also ripped out my headphones. Oh my god! Did we lose you? No. Yeah, still oh, here. Okay. Unfortunately. 
Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that. Now it is time for Des's four and one fun and one fake fact, where it will be up to my two co-hosts to decide which fact is total bullshit. So here we go. Fact number one: the club name Torchies is also seen in Forty Eight Hours, When a Stranger Calls, and The Driver. Number two: Daryl Hannah was pursued for the female lead, but opted to do Splash instead. Good choice. Number three, a massive tent was used to cover the entire back lot and shoot day for night. It cost $1.2 million to erect. Number four, Tom Cruise. That is what she said. Tom Cruise was the first pick for Tom Cody, but he took a role in another film. And number five, director Walter Hill wanted Sean Penn for the role of Raven Shaddock, but Penn was already obligated to do the 1984 drama Bad Boys, which I wish we were doing tonight. Tony, which of the five facts do you think is total bullshit? I think the Tom Cruise one. I haven't heard that one. Okay. And Dylan, which do you think is total bullshit? Uh, I was leaning toward Tom Cruise, but maybe I'll go Daryl Hannah. You are both incorrect, and I have stumped the panel once again. The fake fact is actually Sean Penn was not considered for the role of Raven Hmm. Shaddock. Thank God, because Willem Dafoe is the only reason to watch this movie. Oh, God. Okay, with a budget of $14.5 million and a box office gross of just $8 million, This movie was a piece of shit. Dylan, will you please give us the synopsis? Absolutely. Raven Shattuck, along with his gang of merciless biker friends, kidnaps rocker singer Ellen Aim. Ellen's former boyfriend, soldier for hire Tom Cody, gets word from his sister to come home because she needs help. In an attempt to save his star act, Ellen's manager, Billy Fish, hires Tom to rescue Ellen. Billy and Tom, along with former soldier McCoy, battle through dangerous cityscapes determined to get Ellen back. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, uh, all right let's just, do this thing yeah I, I, know. I don't i don't have enough i don't have enough gas to go through the rage that i sat there for an hour and a half going all right this is a classic it's been on cable forever everyone loves this movie in the 80s and i'm like why i why? I, I figured this is like one of those ones like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna admit something here which i'll probably get a lot of shit for i have never seen labyrinth Oh, I've neither, never, neither have I. I've never sat through it. It's like, it's one of those things like, oh, you don't see Larry, you know, it's Bowie, blah, blah. I just, it was, by the time I should have seen it, it was a point I'm not going to see it now in principle because it's my thing. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to see that. So that, it, this was kind of one of those movies that kept sliding into my radar. I'm like, oh, I should see Streets of Fire. I should see Streets of Fire. I love Diane Lane. Every, the cast is, is on paper, cast is killer. Yep. You know, yes. and I, I have an unhealthy obsession with Diane Lane from the 80s and 90s. So that's a whole other thing we'll get into. But <laughs> sitting down to watch this every, every, literally every three minutes, I, I'm, I'm just taking over, guys. I'm sorry. Every two, three minutes, I'm going, okay. oh my God, he's in this. Oh my God. There. All right. So I'm sitting there. Starts off Diane Lane. Hot. Perfect. Great. Then we go, oh my God, Rick Moranis is in this. Cool. Good for him. All right. I knew Michael Perry was in this. He's, he's decent. But all of a sudden, Deborah Van Valkenburg shows up from the Warriors. I'm like, all right, I yep. like her. She's in some good stuff. And then William Defoe shows up looking badass, as he always does. And I'm sitting yep. there going, wait, is that Lee Ving from Fear? 
Oh my God, is the guy yeah, going to sure Are you kidding me? Oh my God, leaving me this thing. I'm excited. And then and Bill, Bill Paxton. Then Paxton walks along <laughs> looking like a tool. I'm like, oh my God, Bill Paxton. And then I sat there for a good 20 minutes going, why do I know the chief of police? Why do I know the chief of police? He's the he's the guy who catches the tennis balls in Poltergeist. Yeah, oh, that's I'm right. Like, oh my God. And then, then all of a sudden, Ed Begley wanders through the set looking like a homeless guy because he owed somebody a favor. <laughs> that's you know? right. I and saw then, him from. I saw and then the, the and I'm sitting there going, all right. Then Elizabeth Daly walks on, who again, I, I like you, Dottie. I like you. It's like she shows up, and I'm like, all right, everything is complete about the '80s. The only thing we do need is, you know, a long trench coat. Oh, look, there's a long trench coat. Now the '80s mm-hmm. are complete. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching and going, this is so much like the Warriors. It's not even funny. And then I see directed by Walter Hill. I'm like, there's our influence right there. And yes. then I'm sitting there. Oh, look, who's driving the train? The voice of the the radio lady from the Warriors. You know, it's like, hey, Warriors, you big, big boppers. Yep. It's like everybody's in this fucking movie. Like I'm sitting there blown away that this is like a, comp- a total compiling of 80s people. And it just I never knew it. That's and, the only yeah. good thing I have to say about this movie. <laughs> and with that, and with that cast, they were unable to deliver something that was even watchable. And I, I wrote this down. I think it didn't know what it wanted to be, and well, I think that's really the problem: is that they did the movie didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah. Is it a rock opera? Is it a action movie? Is it a western? Because I mean, there's western influences. You got the long duster coat. You got the the revolvers. See, I mean, like it didn't even know when it wanted to be. That, that was that too. I, I turned it on. I hit pro, I hit play, and Katie wanders in, and she's like, "Oh, what are you watching?" I'm like, "I'm watching for the podcast." And she's like, "Oh, I didn't know this was taking place in the 50s." I'm like, "Yeah, me either." And all of a sudden, there's neon lights. I'm like, "Well, that's not." And then, but everybody's got the hairstyles and the bikers and the, the yes. cars. Well, but then it some was of the technology. people are in the 50s. And I'm like, some of the people are in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, and it was. She's like, "Oh, you're the punker. You must be in the 80s." And then they show up, and all of a sudden, the you know. Willem Dafoe shows up all slick back hair and biker gang and leather and stuff. I'm like, all it needed was the slow saxophone of the Black Widows from Every Which Way But Loose. It was a it's like, that's all that was missing from every scene they were in. I'm like, this is one big Judas Priest village people kind of leather boy gathering. Oh, you know? God. It's I, like, the, what, was it, the, what was the Blue Oyster in Police Academy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was over the top like uh, there was no subtlety in this movie at all anywhere and just the the 1940s 30s film noir tough guy speak delivered by someone who sounds like they had a stroke right before they pressed play on the camera it's just he was awful like, hey babe i ain't got time to be like oh my god like stallone could have pulled this off i was gonna say your performance in disaster peace theater was way better than uh mr paray's hooray <laughs> uh, uh, and now i'm like i've never seen any of the cruisers either i have no no, no. urge to go see no it actually and knowing it's he's funny, the lead I in did, it i'm like no i saw this back in the day and i remember this being a good movie and then like five minutes in i'm like oh what was i thinking um and i have seen Eddie in the cruisers and i remember that also being a great movie but it could just be another false memory um, and I this, mean, I, Rick Moranis is as good as a whiny guy, but man, it was just, uh, you are such a dick in this movie, like nothing redeeming. Oh, no, no. And uh, it, I think the problem with this movie is it was so simple. Like it was so simple. You could have written out this entire script. Like, like, uh, Mickey would say on a Denny's napkin at two in the morning. It was, they did. 
That's yeah. what this was. <laughs> it's like a ketchup stain just... on it. Oh, and oh. there's only so many different angles you could shoot the same set from. There was the 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 um French connection, oh. like under the bridge, under the subway with the pillars. It's like they shot that from every different angle and every different lighting. And sometimes it's raining, sometimes it's dry. It's like, all right, we get it. These things are yeah. here. He's going to be speeding this car that he stole through it, which no one ever. Where did those guys go? The 1950s bebop gang that, oh. that he took the car from the moon. They never came back. The Roadmasters <laughs> were so weak tit. It was unreal. Uh, <laughs> all right let's get into this movie let's 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 uh, do this thing i mean okay. we're already ripping it apart so let's just finish the job eh okay <laughs> <laughs> super vixen rocker and hometown kid done good ellen aim played by diane lane puts on a concert in front of a bunch of frenzied fans included in the crowd is a gang leader raven shattuck played by william defoe and his gang of thugs known as the bombers Raven has come up with a plan to get his hands on Ellen, and he enacts it when the song ends. The gang bum rushes the stage and grabs her. In the ensuing chaos, the bombers assault the backup band, kidnap Ellen, throw her onto a motorcycle where police cruisers inexplicably launch into parked cars and women's tops tear off their bodies. Because isn't that what is supposed to happen in a rock and roll fable? How do you kidnap somebody on a motorcycle? I don't know. That was like a, just all you gotta do is shift your weight. Boom on the ground. I'm away. It's like uh-huh. it's the the work. She was going, Put her in help a sidecar. Help me! It was like oh, uh, uh, so, so stupid. So the opening scene starts off. We're gonna get one of about five million shots of some neon lights reflecting the water. Like this was the go-to shot. Everything was every sign was neon. Elevator neon door neon. It was insane. Um, And what I noticed was, so the crowd, they're all dressed like all the girls in the crowd are dressed like Donna Reed from Leave it to Beaver, like in these colorless dresses. And the singer is dressed like um, Pat Benatar. Wouldn't the crowd be dressed like their hero? You think. (laughs) I don't, it, <laughs> it, it, it just made no sense to me. It, it, it just didn't. It didn't make any sense to me. No. I would like to say the song is a good song. I liked great. it. A I found myself singing it later. Yeah, I found myself singing it later, and I was like, and I think that they really wanted the last song in the movie. Uh, this is what it, tonight is. What it means to be young. They mm. wanted that to be like the hot song, and it wasn't any good. I already forgot it by the time I turned the movie off. Yeah, but this song was very good, and it was kind of meatloafy. Like, thank it, you. I was gonna say yeah. I kept looking for Jim Steinman in the in the in the uh, the credits. He just wasn't there. I was bummed. I was like, yeah. Oh. yeah, no, I think the guy who wrote it wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, though, which also is meatloafy. So well, that's Jim Steinman. That's what oh, I kept yeah. waiting for. Yeah, Jim Steinman wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh well, then that's him. He wrote. And, and both they songs... said that he. Well, they said whoever wrote that wrote the songs wrote uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. That's what I read, at least. Mm. Yeah, they I'll were have to look it up. They were good. Yeah, Jim Stein later recalled. Uh, okay, <laughs> Jimmy Ovine. Oh yeah, he worked with Jimmy o- Iovine. 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 Yeah, I think. Iovine. So he worked with him on it. Sorry, right, that makes sense then. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's all over him. His 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 thumbprint is all over that. Yes, very much. Which is why it works. <laughs> and the, and the only thing that again, musician, I'm sure Des like looked at this and went, no. Oh, all female backup voices, all men backups. Oh, really? Like who's singing backup? It's like, yeah. oh, there's no female on the stage, just all female backups. Like, ah, I hate stuff like that in movies. 
But yeah, when I just throw two girls, th- throw two girls on the stage. Yeah, that's all. Her. Yeah, I did think that the uh, band looked good performing the song, though. The drummer looked good performing the song. The band, you know, looked like bass players playing, looked like yep. guitar players playing. So I was okay with that. I mean, a lot better than what we got out of our uh, Sammy Kerr episode. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> uh, Billy Squire dancing motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> Um, well, it's just I, I I read a quote when I was doing a quick research. It's like according to the director, the film's origins came out of a desire to make what he thought would be the perfect film when he was a teenager. He wanted all things teenagers love: custom cars, kissing in the rain, neon, trains in the night, high speed pursuits, rumbles, rock stars, and motorcycles. I'm like, really? That's what all teenagers? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I mean, could just, failed just on give me a every story. level. Yeah. 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 I mean, I will say I really liked the uh, scenes with uh, Raven and the bombers backlit, you know, like the crowds all dancing standing. around them and you just they're just standing still and everyone's dancing around them. And I thought that was like like he had cool shots, but it was like this isn't a music video. It's a movie. Yeah. So you can't shoot it like a music video because it's not. You have to give me a story. You have to give me decent writing or else it's going to fizzle out pretty fast. And I will say uh, before we go any further, this movie did not pass my phone test, which is. If I pick up my phone in the middle of a movie, it's lost my attention. I've got, I'm bored. So yeah. I picked up my phone twice in the middle of this movie, even though I was trying to pay attention to it. And I, I just, you know, instinctively was picking up my phone. I will say, though, the movie went by fairly quickly. Um, it didn't, yeah. like, slog on and on where I was like, oh, my God, how much longer? It felt like it was, like, 45 minutes long. Yeah, no, it did uh, move. It moves. But it's because there was no substance. It was like eating a fucking soft serve <laughs> ice cream cone. I was like, oh, that's gone. You know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And, oh, but the uh, the close up shots of Raven of Willem Dafoe, he looked so wicked in this movie. Is the only word I can use. Oh, yeah. He was he, he was, was perfect. He was, he was so good in it. Creepy great. teeth, creepy hair, just yeah. Everything. And I've got some thoughts on his character that I'm going to reveal at the end that I thought was really the only real character building in this entire movie was revealed at the very end. But we'll get there. So let's move. Let's keep this fucking piece of shit moving. <laughs> Scene two. Okay. Somewhere in the world, Tom Cody, played by Michael Pare, receives an urgent telegram. Somewhere. Cody shows up that night on a train because obviously time doesn't exist in, in a rock and roll fable. Yeah, it was like you'd think it would take him a couple days to get there. But no, he's automatically just there. Yeah. Uh, Cody visits the diner where his sister hasn't seen him in years. While there, the leader of a gang of roadmasters immediately challenges Cody to a butterfly knife opening contest. Cody wins and slaps the loser's face six times. Then he tosses the rest of the gang through a plate glass window and steals their stolen car from them. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck. What did I want? It was tough. <laughs> this fucking, nothing. This fucking nothing. gang. Wait, I... Who, first of all, who is the leader of the gang? I've seen him before. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I, I, I remember thinking the same thing. Going, maybe he'll come back and I'll look it up then. He never came back. Was he in uh, Happy Days, maybe? I don't Probably know. shit anybody. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when, when Cody's slapping him in the face and then opening the knife, then slapping him in the face, I was literally laughing out loud. I'm like, holy shit. And then the rest of the gang just jumps out the window and runs away. Uh, like, the guy's name was Paul Moans or Monet's. It's M-O-N-E-S. And he looks like he's been in a, like a bit actor in a bunch of stuff. So yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Like he was on Cagney and Lacey. He was in the Renegades, stuff like that. Like oh, the Renegades. 
That might be where you know him from. No, I don't know what the Renegades. No, is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what the Renegades is. Tony, yeah, you know, the Renegades. Uh, oh yeah, I'm all about that. I get the, the Renegades. I got the, the 4K version of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I will say that I, 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 this is part of where my tell me a bit some story here. You send your brother a telegram. Please come home. Like, what does she care? Like, why does the sister give a crap? Because she's a big fan. She's a she's a fangirl. Then call the cops. Yeah, oh, your yeah. girlfriend. Hey, the, the the girl you walked away from, you broke up with, is is got kidnapped by a creepy uh, lighthouse guy. So you want to come home and save her for no money? <laughs> it's like you know, no, I got better things to do because obviously he doesn't care about her enough to stay around. He obviously likes her, but it's like, yeah, I'm gonna go off with the lesbian at the end. It's fine. It's cool. Uh, I yeah. also felt like uh, I felt like the sister wanted to get them back together. I mean, I don't know why, but that was kind of the thing. I, I'll tell you, that she has a boyfriend. Like Diane Lane has a new boyfriend, so like you're gonna bring him into like you're just making a mess. The yeah. sister's making a mess. What? What was well, wrong that's, that's with her the Roadmasters? What do you mean? What was wrong with the Roadmasters? Like seriously, what was wrong with this group of fellows? <laughs> like they're supposed to be like a gang that carry butterfly knives, and like they didn't even try to beat up Cody. They just they. I didn't get it. It was like ten on one. There wasn't yeah. even a rumble. No, I, I, well, I think the sense. whole point was to prove how badass Cody is, but well, just... I mean, maybe he should have like whooped ass on like three of them while they were all trying to jump him, and then they take off. Like these guys didn't even take a shot at him. Oh, it was so gay. Ah, uh, <laughs> okay. All right, let's keep going. You guys gotta remember, we're from Boston and we're from the eighties. I mean, fucking everything was gay. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Totally gay. <laughs> it's totally gay. So let's keep going. <laughs> Oh we're just click click down the ratings are down and down, and down. we're just getting canceled canceled oh. off of everybody's that's we right. lost our non- non-binary oh. listener just then oh. <laughs> that's so that tough. that, that, that it... one left oh, they're gone no. oh my goodness all right Please. moving on come back i like that i like that you use there though that's good that was good yeah. to use the right pronoun well, i tried well, we actually do have a non-binary listener well, that's why i'm I, saying yeah, it what yeah, we did wrong with that and I know I love them. I love that. And I want them to keep coming back and listening to the show. They just need to understand we're from Boston. And in the eighties, everything was gay. It doesn't mean gay. It doesn't mean like, homosexual. It no, means gay isn't dumb. As in like, that's not saying that they're dumb. Yeah. No, it's a lot of semantics here. You have to just understand where we're coming from. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Ellen's colorblind and stylely challenged business manager boyfriend slash boyfriend Billy Fish hires Cody to kidnap Ellen back from the dastardly clutches of Raven and his bombers. No telling how long before Raven will remove his fireproof romper in front of the defenseless Ellen. I'm sorry. That 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 those plastic overalls were really a style choice. Like that I was loved something them. else. I loved them. I oh, love the great. way he was dressed. I love oh my the way God, he was yeah. dressed. He was a lot of patent so leather in the man 50s. Rain. <laughs> yeah. Totally Man Ray 1998. It was awesome. Yeah, oh. it was. And he worked. He it worked it. He totally worked it. Yeah, he didn't look like any oh, of the other goodness. bombers, but that's fine. No, that's why he's like the boss. The people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the other thing: they were all like these gigantic, like bears, village people, dudes, and like he's like. 5'2", soaking wet, like 120, and he's running yeah. them. But he looked oh, looked shredded up and insane. Yeah, it must be the insanity. 
you know, like there was there was some jump in at one point, and he like ate somebody, or like he just <laughs> he just just sat down and started chewing on a femur or something like that. Like you win, all right. There was a, there was a jump in, and he ate somebody. I wish that scene had been in the movie. All right, keep going. Right? I know it would have made it better. All right, so everyone and their dog knows that Cody and Ellen were hot and heavy back in the day, but of course Cody couldn't care less about the super hot Diane Lane. There's obviously no sexual tension that sparks upon them meeting up again. Oh, God. So, he sucks. He sucks. I wouldn't have had time to do anything else but just, oh, you're tied to that bed, are you? Okay. All right. Oh, God. Okay. God, gorgeous. Just gorgeous in this movie. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. Uh, setting out, Cody stumbles upon the rugged and totally badass ex-soldier McCoy at a bar. She isn't Cody's type, so we're assured of some witty sexual banter that won't go anywhere. But ultimately, if McCoy can handle Cody's gun, she can tag along and make a paycheck. <laughs> I actually uh, liked McCoy. I did, too. Yeah. I thought she was good. A little, very heavy-handed in the, you're not my type. I'm going to gawk at the dancer. All right, we get it. We get yes. it. Yeah. Uh, yes. But Yeah. But, um, uh, okay, again, we're we're talking early '80s, so that was kind of. And, and again, I would rather see her story. I wish she took the lead and said, "You know what? You get out of here. She's mine." And have McCoy go after Di- go after Diane Lane. Like this is a movie I would watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Ever have her get into a knife fight with William Defoe at the end? Oh my god! <laughs> take off her awesome. take off her baseball hat, put it on backwards, like like Stallone and over the top. And just be wicked badass. Be awesome. <laughs> That's right. I pulled in an overtop reference. Don't even make it. I will you pull did. more in as this episode goes on. Oh man, yeah, that movie wasn't weird. Um, fuck. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get some really strange, some really strange scenes in this. So, at this point in the movie, have we seen uh, Diane Lane tied down to the bed with? Um, no, they haven't. Okay. They haven't gotten her out yet. This is okay. this is them just setting up to go get her. Um, okay. And uh, I will say that I also did love McCoy punching Bill Paxton in the face okay. and helping herself to a bottle. <laughs> so now we know what happened to Chet after Weird Science because this is Chet. <laughs> like this is Bill Paxton's character. He's like, hey, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen him act so shitty. It was terrible. I couldn't even believe it was Bill Paxton. Yeah, it's just it's almost like the director basically said, I want you to go take the level to 100 and I'll pull you back as it goes. And he never pulled anybody back. Yeah. 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 No, good point. Except for for Michael Pere. Oh, Michael Pere, that was his that was his hundred, you know, his (laughs) range on that man is it was like he was all 50 fucking napkin or something. It was so bad. Oh, dear. He was awful. He was just the most uncharismatic badass in the world. Like, oh. And he didn't even seem that badass, right? No. No. Oh, God. All right. Let's keep going. All right. <laughs> Under the cover of night, Cody, McCoy, and Billy travel to the battery in a stolen car full of guns. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> There, the bombers put on a display of fire iron, fire iron horsemanship on their decked-out 50s-style Harleys, even though it's 1980-something. While inside Torchy's bar, Jennifer Beals' flash-dance body double treats us to a striptease on the bar. While all eyes are watching the topless dancers' well-choreographed feet, McCoy slips in and holds Raven in a room full of badass bikers at bay with a single revolver. Single-handedly <laughs> walks into 50 people and says, freeze, and they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
don't move. Oh my god, no one's watching the door. No, no one's even hears anything. Why nope. is this? Why is this little skinny blonde chick walking into the boss's friggin' poker room? And we're oh, just yep. gonna let it happen because yep. we're all watching flash dance with a thong. It's just yep. like. And all right, now this is this is where my own little issue here happens. Well, I can't even say issue. I I very rarely watch mo- the movies that we're going to review when people are awake in my house, and I have an eleven year old, and I have I have a wife, and and she's like, "This is PG." I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's PG. We'll watch it." Everybody's I forgot eighties PG apparently is now. There's boob shots, there's thong shots, there's swearing all through the movie. Yep. and I'm yes. like, I'm going to go in the bedroom and watch it because I don't want to get. In- Oh, yeah, <laughs> like I was, I was shocked, but I'm like, oh my god, this is like this is kind of this is kind of risky. I have to admit, she was right. It's like, oh my god, this is a lot for a PG movie. And yeah. I'm thinking back to like, wow, we actually got you know, Sixteen Candles gave us boob shots. You know, it's like we have language all up and down through like Revenge of the Nerds and stuff. It's just like all the PG back in the day was why we have PG thirteen now. So that makes kind of sense. Yeah. Um, so again. Why did the director decide to do this bizarre world where half of it's the 80s and half of it's the 50s? Like the girl dancing up on the bar, she's like dressed in fishnet and stuff. It's like it doesn't exist in the 50s. And I know the thing says somewhere in another time and another like, I what is this, Flash Gordon? I just didn't understand what we were looking at. Yeah. It was fucking weird, yeah. man. Like some people were 50s, some people were 80s. And it was this, this mashup in the same scenes. Yeah. It was, Just, it was all over the place. And, and, you I know, also, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Happy days came. When did happy days come out? 70s. Oh, yeah. Way so before late seventies, early eighties. Like, I feel like there was like this revival of 50s stuff during the eighties that like, there was like this nostalgia for the fifties and maybe he was playing into that. And now us removed so many years past that. We don't remember it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can see that. I can understand it. I think what this movie wanted to be was what Sin City turned out to be. Good point. Mm. It wanted to be a film noir. It wanted to be a badass, you know, uh, gumshoe detective, badass, you know, guy with the neon and the the specific color brightness in this otherwise dank, dark black and white era. Mm-hmm. And they he couldn't think of it on his own. It took, you know, Rodriguez and it took um, Miller. Did Miller do yeah. Sin City? To yes. To put it all together. I mean, that's, I mean, when did Sin City come out? Was that in the 80s? No, I don't think so. I think 90s. Yeah. Was it 90s? I don't remember off the top of my head. I mean, not the movie. The, the comic obviously came first. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. The comic. I know I'm totally off, off base here, but it's like every time they showed something like that, like the neon lights, in this 1991, like totally Sin City. Yeah, that was 91. So it was okay. just after the 80s. Okay. I, I tell you what character I thought was a badass was uh, Raven's number one. Like he looked like he could have kicked some ass. Oh, Bing okay. Rames. Yeah, I like that actor. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Bing Rames. That that's a whole different. That's a whole different shade of badass, right there. Yeah, literally. True enough. <laughs> No, because he he was Mr. Body in Clue, another yes. amazing movie. And he's the lead singer of Fear. I mean, have you ever seen Fear Live? I mean, that says everything right there. Yeah. The man will kill someone on stage just because they looked at him wrong. I like it. I oh, like I've... it. I liked his character. I thought he was really good. 
Uh, I love him as Mr. Body. Have we seen... Clue's um, one of my favorites. Have we seen Ellen on the bed yet? No, we're getting <laughs> you to it. You obviously want to get there, so we He's can talk there. about He's, it if you we're like. We're getting yes, there. there. We're getting there. Okay, hold on. I'm getting you there. Okay. Well, uh, Cody my going to be weak. What? So, what? So, my point is going to be weak now after all this buildup. Listen, weak tit. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> Outside, wow. Cody shoots holes in the bomber's bike so many times you think you saw the same one explode three or four different times in the same sequence. Mm. Cody breaks into torches and rescues Ellen off of the bed, and then somehow, in all the chaos, hooks up with McCoy. With Ellen in tow, they all run out of the place, gl- guns blazing. They then speed off down the middle of a one-way alley in their bright red stolen convertible while heavily armed bombers surround them, threatening their lives, but don't actually do anything. No word yet, and if our body double... Babe from Flash Dance got her tight tail out of there or not alive. Go ahead, honey. Well, I mean, I don't really have much to say. I was just, <laughs> I was just gonna say, you know, it was just a weird scene. I mean, he's got her tied to the bed with ropes, and he basically says to her, "If you let me rape you for two weeks, you can just go back to back to where you came from." That's creepy. Good. creepy. Yeah, I was like, "What? I'm Terrible! Like, like, that's fucked up." Yes, it totally like, fucked up. Like that's. It was so, like, it goes over your head if you're watching it. You don't realize what he's saying, but that's what he's saying. Yeah, he says, let's fall in love for a week or two, and then I'll let you go home. It's like, ew. Yeah. And I don't know what he was waiting for. It's like, you got her tied to the bed in this, you know, like, why isn't he just, like, going for it then? Like, is he thinks she's really going to be like, yeah, if he keeps her there tied to the bed, feeding her for a couple of days, eventually she's going to be like, all right, I love you. Let's do it. No, <laughs> I mean this is either a rape or it's not happening. Those are your two choices. I mean, yeah, gross, but yeah. Uh, and what's Cody? What's Cody's using for a weapon? Is that a bazooka or? <laughs> I mean, this thing I, is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go, please, somebody. No, just one, one shot makes three three motorcycles explode into like napalm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the amount of the, the nuclear. It's kind of like when Indiana Jones punches someone; it sounds like a gunshot. Mm-hmm. It's like these. This <laughs> rifle he has was the like the most advanced technology of 1941, because <laughs> it, it blew oh, literally everything up four times. Yeah. Oh God, it was fucking bad. Uh, and uh, McCoy actually shoots and kills one of the bombers in the uh, poker room, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, she I, shoots him. I don't know if she kills him, but he goes down. I like that. I did like that they um I like that they they forced it. They forced the story like that and it wasn't completely watered down. I mean, you're not going in there and getting her out and no one's getting shot. Just not happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the fact that they're in a convertible and you know when when Defoe says, you know, I I can get some guns. No one has a fucking gun to take a shot at the convertible. Full yeah, of people right. who just stole the, the woman. It's like, come on, somebody's got to have a a pea shooter. The top Give me down, a twenty-two. It's not even like you can't see her yeah. sitting in the car. Jump yeah. in, jump and on, and like they're a, a fucking they're a biker gang. Like, where's the uh, sergeant at arms? Like, hey, maybe we should have some guns at the clubhouse. He's like, listen, for next week's order, let's get some guns. Fucking what? They needed a TIG. They totally needed a TIG in the, oh. in the clubhouse. It was really weird. Yeah. Terrible. I'm the only Sons of Anarchy fan here. Really? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Such a good show. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, oh, my God. You 
side conversation for later. Got yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's like it. Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, both of those are just equal for me. It's like two of the best shows ever. Yeah, I've never seen either one. For the love of Christ, man. And you're watching Streets of Fire. How does it stack? <laughs> how does it stack up against something like, I don't know, Stuart Saves His Family? <laughs> Oh, it's a close. It's a, it's a close. It's a close. Oh, never. Shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's close, close. Not never. even close. <laughs> uh, and and uh, also in this uh, in this world, you know, like you remember when Cody gets pulled over in this red hot stolen hot rod that's presumably been stolen twice now. You can just drive around whenever you want, I guess, right? Well, they know of him. He, I pulled him in before. He's done some time. But you let him go now. I was going to say, so that's even less of a reason he should have got away in the stolen car. Yeah, he's done time. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that like, I don't know, a parole violation or something? Oh. You would think. You, yeah. yeah, you keep driving around like that, and we're going we're gonna to bust your ass. And then he screeches off again. I'm like, this fucking movie is so stupid. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Our heroes drive into the darkness only to ditch the cherry red hot rod after they stop a broken down bus containing another band, the Sorrel. bus. The bus. <laughs> That's so subtle. Yeah, let's, oh my let's take this big tank of a car and let's all jump in a bus. Oh my oh, God. With, with, the, uh, with the fucking... With the, the Temptations. Band from, uh, no, this is the band from uh, Back to the Future. They were on their yeah. way to the... Uh, Marvin, the Marvin under the, Perry? Yeah, they were on their way to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Oh no! Uh, uh, so the uh, band recognizes Ellen, and they try to talk her into giving giving them a chance. While treating everyone to their lip syncing wondery, the bus runs into the most inept police roadblock since the Keystone Cops. Cody uh, blows holes in their Studebakers while McCoy drives the bus through the flaming carnage to freedom. Yeah, the uh, only thing missing from this scene were the Nazis from Minnesota. Uh, like I was amazed by how like this is going to at least be some action here. No, we're just going to. Screw it all up with three gunshots, and because he's got the most advanced weapon of 1941, it blew up all the cars. And yeah, oh, but not only that. So he he gets them, you know, he get off the bus, and you know, just look normal. So they get the two cops off the bus, and then uh, McCoy pulls out the fucking pea shooter again. He's like, everybody down! Like the entire roadblock drops their weapons and gets down on their faces. What? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he says, "Get off the thing and just act like everything's fine." And instead, he gets off and and makes a huge mess. It's like you could have just driven away. No, but my point is, they were outgunned like fucking fifteen guns to two, and oh, the police just totally. dropped their weapons and got down on their faces, just like in the. I I don't know, man. Fucking terrible. <laughs> just terrible. Oh, yeah. it's not working for me. No, I just read this part. McCoy was originally written to be a Hispanic man named Mendez, with Edward James Olmos being considered for the part. Stop oh. it. Could you picture Edward speak? James Olmos sliding up to 18-year-old Diane Lane? It would have been oh. even creepier. Oh, God. No. Making little origami characters. <laughs> Ooh, a little mustache. Although I would like to see Olmos against Defoe. That would be the Battle of the Creep. It would that just be would awesome. Be great. Yeah, that part would have been great, but I don't think I want to see him with Diane Lane. It would have yeah. freaked me out. It's it's so funny. Oh so my god, we did a beta run of this. We did fucking Blade Runner. Me and Dylan, first time we had, we just to see if we could even do a podcast. And I have it saved. It is fucking oh, it is so bad. I I say like, what do I say a million times? Like it's amazing or something. It's it's so bad. <laughs> so I'm saving it, and eventually, like maybe for the hundredth episode, I'll post it. It is fucking wow. It's really something special. It's such a piece of garbage. It's, it's like, and that guy was a word 
love. It went up, and I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep going. We were really taking ourselves way too seriously. Oh, but it was oh so my bad. god! <laughs> All right, so now we're back in downtown Detroit, even though it's really not Detroit. Um, even a torrential downpour can't put out the white hot flames that burn between Cody and Ellen. They end up in bed together, even though they're still both soaked from the rain. Maybe towels don't exist in this reality. <laughs> While Billy impatiently waits outside with Cody's ten thousand dollars for services rendered, which services are left to your imagination? Oh, God. Dude, this fucking kiss is so bizarre. It's like he attacks it. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> you know, the lips were just like blah blah blah. blah. It was like Ugh. it's like the skin. Yeah, there actually, all... <laughs> go ahead. No, I got. I just can't. I can't. Go ahead. You ever no, put two high power magnets next to each other and they just like all of a sudden hit? Like that's what this looked like. It was fucking bizarre. And then they're in bed and they're fucking soaked. They're soaked. It's soaked. In bed. Soaked. And it's like I would not get into bed soaked. I would take a minute to rub my head with a towel. Don't you have a hair dryer? I mean, the sheets must have been all sticky. Oh God. Just <laughs> just awful. It's just no. I just, just don't no. get it. I would do. I deal with sticky sheets with Diane Lane. It's a, I would well, too, but sticky in the in the bad way, like water sticky. Not I, I deal with sticky sheets. <laughs> I would deal with sandpaper sheets with Diane Lane. <laughs> Razor wire sheets. I'm jumping in if Diane Lane is under them. I didn't oh get my it. Goodness, I didn't get. I don't it. blame you. I didn't get the directional, like the director's decision. They're they're like, uh, let's keep them. Let's. Get some more water in here. Get the spray bottles in here. Like, I just don't even understand what he's seeing in this scene. Like, I want them wetter. 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 <laughs> no. I mean, it's one thing to have the kiss in the rain. Okay, I get it. Like, that was like a thing, like a set piece. He wanted a kiss in the rain. I get it. Yeah, but, fine. like, when they go in the house, they're going to dry themselves off. <laughs> What? Yeah, they, did, they didn't. They couldn't have. They could not wait was, to get yeah. to that bed. That was it. There was no oh, time. Boy. There was no time. No time. I, I have terry cloth sheets. It'll be fine. They'll dry us and we'll, we'll sleep and it'll be fine. Don't worry oh about it. Oh, my God. All right. When Don breaks, the cops come to tell Tom that Raven wants to fight him one-on-one. Because that's what the cops do, right? Yeah. Well, of course. They, Messengers they're, they're boys. for the, for the yeah. local gang loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, setting it up. <clears throat> but the cops want Cody to leave right away and not fight him. Then they plan to arrest Raven. Cody sends Ellen away with McCoy and returns to Raven. And I'm going to stop here for a second. Cody doesn't actually send Ellen away with McCoy. Cody punches her in the face. Where the hell did that come from? So, I'm sitting there going, did, why did he do that? Like, are you fucking kidding me? That was fucked up. Yeah. He, he didn't just, you figure a slapper, like the 1950s, they'd slap a woman and like make yeah. her under control. She's fucking yeah, start. Like, Get a calm, calm yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, he yeah. cold cocked her right in he the face. He did everything but an elbow follow through. Yeah, <laughs> she's missing like, her fucking Jesus. front teeth now. <laughs> and she still loves him, though. He only does this once in a while. It's okay. Yeah, she he doesn't just show up later with a black eye. Like, come yeah. on. And you still know, like, yeah. He she, he punched her very hard in the face to knock her out, and that's yeah. not cool. Any girl like, I've ever punched in the face had a black eye afterwards. Nice, honey. Nice. That's no, a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> um, oh, so, Tony, let me ask you: Did you notice that they ripped off the Warriors in this shot? On the subway, every single scene, yes, was ripped off from the Warriors. I mean, every it's every time like they it. get the, 
Oh my god! I mean, all the same director, same you know. So it's like, why wouldn't he? But yeah, you know, he's but, got this. He's got so many actors. The same the 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 train came around the turn and pulled up the station, and mm-hmm. they stepped out. It's like, yeah, it was right out of the water. It's like, yeah, he knows what it, he likes, and he he's gonna shoot it over and over. Yeah, but for this for this in particular little sequence though with the subway, I mean, it was like I was like, wow, this is like uh, cut footage from the Warriors. It didn't even yeah, look like a different movie. Stock- Stock yeah. footage, yeah, yeah, stock footage, exactly. Yeah, and did the Warriors have an elevated train and everything? Oh yeah, or was that all sub subway? Nope, it was elevated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bop yeah. on back home to Coney, baby. Yeah, yeah there was. It's been a while fire. since I've seen it, but yeah. Yeah, that's all a great right. movie. So when that's Raven... one we should look at. We'll definitely 100%. do the Warriors. That's a good one. Uh, when Raven appears at the designated area, the cops attempt to arrest him, but he blows an air horn, and a hundred of his bombers packing Winchesters on motorcycles come around the corner. You know that they didn't have the night before when he stole her back, but whatever. <laughs> well, no, because he, well, said, he said we he went to the guns. Yeah, we went to the gun store. Mm. <laughs> he went to Walmart. Oh, and no one takes one shot when their boss is getting their ass kicked, right? Okay. Right. Well, well wait. Oh, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I know we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. So, thankfully for our heroes, this is a rock and roll fable. So instead of torching Detroit and causing all kinds of hell because their own bar is already in ruins, Raven just wants to fight Cody with a sledgehammer. Nice. Not even a, sled, a pickaxe. Pickaxe. It was a pick, and oh, they hit each other with the they hit each other with a flat side. I'm like, you, if you're fighting with a, a pickaxe, you aim to kill. You don't aim to like mark. Yeah. Well, you know, oh, I hit you in the side with the side of the axe. Shut up. Wasn't exactly oh. a pickaxe. It was blunt on the backside. But I mean, if you hit somebody you, with it, it could have impaled would, your face. Yeah. Absolutely could have yeah. penetrated with that. Oh, stupid. <laughs> dumbest final fight ever. Um, oh, my God. No, all right, well, wait. I had more brutal Mortal Kombat games than this fucking <laughs> stupid movie. Well, oh. so this is what I wanted to say, though. So when this fight starts, I remembered raven getting his ass kicked real fast and that's not what we got here so raven tells the police and cody i want to fight you one-on-one mano a mano winner take all right i love this fucking character of raven so he shows up with his two guys and he's gonna play by the rules he set he's got his two guys now granted he's got the rest of his gang around the corner in case somebody else tries to change the rules which they do. They're going to arrest him and there's going to be no fight. Raven's not having that. Right. But had they stuck to the plan and Cody had been there, he was prepared to fight him one-on-one. So Cody shows up. They fight one-on-one. Raven gives an extremely good fight. Like he, I was surprised. He was getting the best of Cody for a good bit of this fight. Mm-hmm. Cody eventually whips his ass because he's a big boy. Got him outweighed by about 100 pounds. Um, I love the blood, love the fight scenes. I thought it looked good. Love the sledgehammers. I thought it was fun. I thought it was very cool choice weapons. Now this is where we get this, this little character build for Raven. He's a man of his word. He told his guys, if I lose this fight, we're going back. We're not torching the town. I don't want you guys jumping in and it's me against him. Best man wins. And that's why they left at the end and didn't go crazy. That's how I. Read I was it. surprised that they didn't that the cops didn't try to arrest Raven though. They they let the, the gang pick him up and take him away because the whole point was they were there to arrest him. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, Tony. Uh, oh Christ Almighty! I thought it was a <laughs> terrible goddamn fight. I thought that I, the warrior, and look, the warrior is easily in my top 
I'm going to say my top 30 movies of like literally all time. I love the Warriors. Me too. That has one of the weakest baseball bat fights ever with some of the most badass gang members ever put to film the baseball. The Fury. best. The Fury but Boys. Those, yeah. those bat shots are weak. They're timed. It's almost like me and my buddy practicing a crow pre-show for Rocky Horror. Left, right, <gasps> down, down, <laughs> left, right, down, down. It's like it was it was just this fight was awful. And I when it finally went to, to fisticuffs, because you have to, I liked it better. And I thought the whole thing should have been that. And, and one of the funny thing was they were supposed to have Cody kill him at the end with a knife. Oh. Mm. But they changed it, figuring that's going to give an R rating. And they didn't want to do that. So they just went with what they went. Um, but I thought I thought the fight was awful. I thought it was illogical. I thought it wasn't filmed well. I really... This is someone who like lives for action movies and Hong Kong actors. Like I'm talking like the raid, the raid Two, you know, all the Jackie Chan's, all the Jet Li's like, so I love action fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I understand this was 1984 and then those weren't big yet, at least in, in pop culture to, to sort of base things off of, but a basic, let's call it a bat fight because for lack of a better word, because there was no blades really involved. Right. It was weak. It was a very weak fight between, and a, a terrible cardboard character who we know is going to win and a really interesting, well put together, well versed, good villain. Yes. And it, it yeah. was just, it was, te- it was not what it should have been, See, man. And it just bums me honestly, out. If they wanted to, to make it better. I mean, uh, if you take out the, uh, the scenario of McCoy doing the fighting <laughs> instead, if, they should have let Raven win. Screw yeah. it. Well, Raven win. he he almost did. I, I mean, he literally almost did. See, I think this is where it's at, okay? I was starving at this point of the movie. The movie was terrible. There wasn't enough Raven in it. Finally, I'm going to get my Raven. And he's kicking some ass. There's some blood. Like I said, I mean, I know the... I'm with you, Tony. I wish it had just been a fist fight, but... It was clever. I mean, sledgehammers. I mean, when did you ever see that? They pull out two sledgehammers. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was, it was fine. It was fun. It was the best part of For me, it was the best part of the movie. I mean, the rest of it just had no gas at all. Well, I mean, the, the first piece of trivia that, that IMDb even has up there, which kind of goes along with what the ending is, they don't arrest him. They kind of put him away. They take him away. Is this movie was actually intended to be the first of a trilogy. Oh, hmm. And because it sucked so bad, the boss was like, yeah, forget this. Let's just sweep this away. Thank yep. God. So it kind of makes you wonder if they didn't have that in mind, would they have killed him more? Would they have, would they have made some sort of decision instead of just letting them carry away? Because I mean, not for nothing, leaving when he picks up the, the sledgehammer at the end, like, let's go. Yeah. Like, I was expecting, like, oh, here we go. Now we're going to get the real fight. Yeah. You know, and then we didn't get it because I think leaving's Lee, Lee body more matches Michael Pereira's that they would have had a really good fight. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I was kind of hoping we'd get it, but no, we are right, going to get in their bikes and go away with all our arsenal and let the cops will just watch it happen. And what everybody from there, town will come back and yay. What you said there, though, is a good point, though. Like you said, you know, we didn't expect Raven to be able to beat Cody because the size difference. I mean, he's just not the same size guy, but I thought no, that it showed that why Raven was the leader of the bombers. I mean, he gave a good accountability of himself. He kicked some ass. He was a good fighter. 
See, I, I, I don't see it that way. <laughs> I didn't see the fight as being that good. I saw the scrawny guy getting the, the first half of it and the guy and then the guy going, all right, I'm done playing. Now I'm going to beat your ass. And that's what happened. And what do yeah. you think about my uh, my my thoughts on Raven? Do you think that he instructed his gang to let this be a one on one fight and play out? I do. I do. And yeah. that's something I really didn't think about during it. And it, when you say it now, it kind of like, all right, well, that does make sense. And again, why he's the best thing about this movie. I mean, William Defoe can do no wrong for me almost. Me I mean, neither. There's very few roles he sh- he walks into and I'm like, oh, fuck, it's William Defoe. This is going to suck. Yeah. No, it's, oh my God, William Defoe's here. Let's see where he goes with this. Absolutely. I mean, just when you think the Boondock Saints can't be any cooler, in walks William Defoe is just this insane cop. I'm like, I yes. love this movie. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like anything he walks on the set, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I don't care how small his part is. I mean, Wild at Heart, that's the ultimate William Defoe cameo. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if you, if you haven't seen it, that's that's it. But I love his, I did love his character. I like the look of him. I like the attitude of him. You could tell there was definitely this under this unboiling under the surface evilness that he had there that we never saw. We yes. never saw unleashed. And I wanted to. And I think that's what bummed me out. It's like, all right, he literally walks into this club. He walks on the stage. He punches three people out with one punch. He <laughs> takes the girl, throws it on a motorcycle, then kidnaps her. She's not doing anything because I'm not going to mess with this guy because he could probably eat. Again, he hates somebody during the jump and he you know, could eat her. So she sits on a motorcycle without shifting her weight <laughs> to make sure she gets to wherever she's going to put her safely and then does it. It's like, and he's a badass. So it's like, where is the proof? Yeah, you know, we they, went through we went through how many movies with Darth Vader? We didn't see he was a badass till Rogue One came out. Then we said that's why everybody fears him, right? Because that three minute scene showed us this is what he is capable of. We got a little bit of it in uh, Empire Strikes Back, a little bit, a yeah. little bit. But, but what I'm saying it's like no, and I think that's the situation here. It's like I would have loved to seen William Defoe unleash a beatdown on somebody who questions his authority. Yeah. Also, let's let's also mention that this is William Defoe's like fifth acting job like legitimately i'm reading on IMDb. Uh, really yeah he's he was has an uncredited in a movie called heaven's gate he was in a movie called the loveless uh white lies he was in the hunger and he's quote-unquote second phone booth youth so he doesn't even have a name he was quote-unquote boyfriend in shacking up and then streets of fire so it was his fifth movie what was after streets of fire because i roadhouse I... 66 because I think I first saw him in Live and Die in L.A. That's mm. right after Roadhouse 66. Which, again, amazing movie. William Peterson and, and him going back and forth. Awesome. Uh, and Michael Mann directing. Total 80s snapshot. Of yeah, and it was um, Streets of Fire is only two years before Platoon. So he, And he was in okay. Platoon, and that was probably the biggest role he had that landed was, up to then. Yeah, the the big mistake the director made here is not giving Willem Dafoe more screen time and more... Uh, and more dialogue. I mean, when, when he's talking to Cody one-on-one outside the bombers clubhouse after Cody shoots everything up, that's a great scene when he's telling him, you know, I'll be coming for you. And then, you know, Cody, oh, I'll be waiting. But <laughs> the foe was fucking, he was delivering great lines and there just wasn't enough. of. And it. he had the menace, you know, mm-hmm. that menacing look, you believe he's coming. Yeah. He was like um, the green goblin. He was giving us like a, almost a preview of what he was going to do with that. Yeah. Huh. Now I, I, because I worked in a video store, I always saw the cover of the Loveless and never, never, never watched it. And yeah. I always saw, as soon as I saw him show up in this, I'm like, oh, he's playing kind of like the same character. Because if you just type Google the Loveless and look at images, 
it's the cover of the video and it's him in a leather outfit and i'm looking oh, at the yeah. cast it's him and and um i oh, know it's not diane lane i thought diane lane was in that marianne Cantor, who looks just like diane lane <laughs> hmm, interesting anyway so yeah i just i saw that i'm like oh he obviously is a leather boy pinup guy and that's why Waldo was like oh yeah let me get him yep yeah interesting well it's a good choice definitely all right so let's wrap it up let's at the ellen aim concert being put on to make up for the one that was ruined by shattuck and uh by shattuck quote unquote sorry my uh Sentence structure is bad here. The Sorrells are opening for the rock singer. Backstage, Cody tells Ellen that he's not the guy for her, but if she needs him, he'll be there. He leaves town all Casablanca-like without the girl. Or the the money. Or the money. Well, no, he has the money. No. No, he dropped it. He dropped it. He's paid. Yeah, he paid McCoy. Yeah, he only took the thousand that he owed her. He left the rest. Bullshit. Where did he leave it? He threw it it back at Billy Fish and said, I don't want the money. I was taking a thousand and I owe uh, fucking McCoy. I missed that part. He called him stupid. I missed it. Yeah. So that was the $10,000. That was a $10,000 lay, basically. Ew. Uh, In the street, (laughs) he is met by McCoy in the cherry red hot rod and they're off to their new adventure. I hated the end. (laughs) It's like, if you're going to go through all this, at least take the girl. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, he gives, like I said, he gives back Billy Fish $9,000 to win her heart. And then she's okay. I love you. He's like, nah, I'm good. That's just fucking give me a break. There's only one person who can really do that. And that's, that's Jack Burton. Jack Burton's the only person who could walk out on a woman. Mm. (laughs) No, 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 nobody's big trouble in little China. No. Of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, God. It's been a long time since I've seen it. To be it's honest been, with you, I don't think it's oh. been long enough. It's that movie. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't recall that one being too much better than this. To be honest with you, oh, it's a it's a blast. Bite your tongue is it's it? Funny. You guys, yeah. I don't oh. know. It's, it's All right, been a that while. might be my that might be the next choice then. <laughs> oh no, you just put yourself in a big trouble, little China. Oh, no. I haven't seen it in a long time. That's uh, Kirk Douglas, right? Lopan. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh my god, I don't have yeah. Kirk Douglas, memories. Kim Cattrall. It's all in the reflexes. Oh, so close. So many quotes in this movie. Isn't it like romancing the stone, but a little different? Oh, it's not even, it's nothing like that. It's completely over the top, crazy John Carpenter, uh, ninjas, monsters, ancient glowing eyed. Oh shit. Ghost spirits. <laughs> Wait oh, a second, but the magic I, I, bag of holding. It's I awesome. don't understand. Are you, are you actually slandering romancing the stone? No, I love Who romancing me? the stone. Okay. Oh, God, you, no, no, is it right. like romancing the stone? And I'm like, wait yeah, a no. second, hold up. Romancing yeah, the stone's awesome. You know I've watched 19... that one on a loop. Yeah. 1986 Kathleen Turner. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, kind of weird though that Kathleen Turner. She's like, um, when she did what was it, Man with Two Brains, or was it? Uh, yeah. It was the Man with Two Brains, right? Yeah, she's well. She's the man with two brains in the War of the Roses, which are very similar characters. Yeah, she's sexy, but she's weird. Do you know what I mean? She's weird. <laughs> I have a confused boner, kind of weird. Yeah, yeah she's. She... <laughs> okay, honey, time stamp that. That's the beginning of the show. <laughs> That's the beginning of the show right there. Well, thank you, Tony. Uh... We've just we've just paid off the price of admission. <laughs> I'm not saying I live those on a regular basis, but let's just say I know what you're talking about. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, all right. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, the ending of this movie sucks. 
fucking whatever. It's so it's so bad. Um, and again, none of this girl's fans dress like her. And we didn't even discuss the girl in the pink. The girl in the pink is the only fan out of oh, all sorry, her yeah, fans. Oh, dresses like an '80s fucking fan. Oh, that's because she's Dottie from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. She yes. is. Oh, thank you. It's I Dottie. I yes. like you, Dottie. I like you. Like, I'm oh, a rebel, a loner. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, that was the one thing I wanted to mention when they got off the bus. It's literally every time they stop, they get out of a vehicle, they acquired a new friend that accompanied them on the adventure. Yeah, yes, the, the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Like yeah. a the Wizard like, of Oz. Just kept like they kept like attracting people that would stick with yeah. them. Yeah. It's like the, the band did, then she did, then sister did, and it's like now there's 25 people hiding from this gang. Yeah, and like, like Fish this... takes uh takes her back to the hotel to rest because she's been through an ordeal and the the fr- the new girl goes along. It's like the groupie, yeah. Yeah, it's like, don't you think maybe she'd like to just have a nap and you not hang out there? <laughs> like, why is she still there like a day later? Cody. I'm her the, biggest fan. The yeah. uh Cody's sister, that's not the same actress from the Warriors, is it? Yes. Yeah. It is. Oh, because she's just so it dirty is, yeah. and like skanky in the Warriors. <laughs> I could barely like. All right, I'll tell you one scene in the Warriors when they're on the train and the and the kids are coming back from the prom. Like and they're that shaming is so, her for looking dirty. But it's it's so good. It's like that is, is fucking movie making. Like you feel for her. You feel the shame. And I love to when fix I, her hair and he puts her hand I, down. Yeah, it's don't. Good. Yeah, don't. I mean, it's it's really like. This movie is a fucking ketchup packet compared to that fucking filet mignon. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> ketchup packet. Fuck that. <laughs> I like, dude, if you don't have a ketchup packet in your Wendy's bag, I'm angry. I'm going back. So, no, ketchup packet's good. All right. That's like, oh, you, you're not going to get, you're not going to give me my sweet through. and sour sauce? Oh, oh yeah. I'm, 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 I'm holding everybody up until I get my Asian zing. You put that in the bag. Oh, fuck. Can you believe Delin's never had a Big Mac? I can. I've never had a I Big can, Mac. You can believe can that? She's never that. had a Big Mac. She's been living in America her whole life. I well, can't. you have hamburgers. One hamburger is the same as the next hamburger. I mean, I this. I'm dude. You forget. I'm 52 and I have a kid. We're gonna have a burger at home. We're gonna have a house burger. It's like you don't need McDonald's. It's too expensive. But a Big <laughs> so Mac. I get it. You've never so tried a Big Mac. That. Have you I mean, ever I tried have. a Big Mac? Of course. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, I'm a fun story. I uh I used to order my Big Mac with extra sauce. I loved the thousand. What is it like st- salad it's dressing? Basically, thousand Ranch island, thousand with, like, island. Some other yeah. stuff, yeah, and ketchup or something. But I used to order it with that. So I left New Hampshire sometime or something. I was down in I think Revere right there, or not Revere, um, Malden, whatever it is, right there before you get on the highway to go up to New Hampshire. And I had ordered it uh, extra sauce. So we go through the drive-thru, we get up on the highway, I open it up, and obviously the kid was just a punk. He had like filled up the bottom of the box with just this sauce. It was you couldn't even touch the burger. Fuck face. All right. Let's <laughs> what a, I know people he just want to hear. Yeah. He, he he brings it up. Dylan, were you with me? You were with me, right? I was with you, yes. Okay, yeah. It was a box full of that no. sauce, so fucking dick. <laughs> no, and, and yeah. dude, I know everybody makes fun of it. And everybody's like, "Hey, fuck you with the drive-through." But that rant that Joe Pesci has in *Lethal Weapon* three is everybody when you get fucked at the drive-through. There's nothing I love getting fucked at the drive-through. That's why every single oh. time you get fucked at the drive-through, you have to do the rant every love time. Yeah. Fuck you with the drive-through, exactly. Now, Tony, and Dunks, which of the Dunks is the worst. Weapons... I hate Dunks. Oh yeah, uh, Dunks is fucking trash. Which *Lethal Weapon* is your favorite? So I'm curious. Oh, that's hard. 
Now the first is the first because it came out. I was like, this is this is the future of action. I loved it. And then two yes. just upped everything was awesome. Three's the abortion, and four yep. gave me Jet Lee. So I'm like, how do I how do I say no to Jet Lee? Well, Li Jet Lee and Chris Rock. No. Yeah. Yeah, butters. But I'll go. Butters. I'm gonna say in order t- two, four, one, three. Two, four, one, three. Uh, for me, I think it's one, four, two, three. Because uh, one, for me, like I discuss this with Pat all the time. So there's two franchises that almost follow the exact same recipe, which is Beverly Hills Cop and Lethal Weapon. So the first Lethal Weapon is very dark. I mean, at one point, we watch Riggs commit suicide if if uh, Murdoch doesn't oh, he's stick his hand. No, yeah. Yeah, it's if he so doesn't dark. Yeah, if he doesn't stick the the his his hand in there to stop it, the hammer, that's it. He's just blowing his head off. That's dark. And then of course in uh Beverly Hills Cop, again, you know, we're going to get a gang style uh murder in Eddie's apartment. He shoots him in the back of the head, you get the blood coming out of his mouth. Very very dark. And then both franchises progressively got funnier and funnier until we get um uh, Wonder World in the last Beverly Hills Cop, and we get butters and biscuits and all that bullshit. So yeah, I yeah. thought they were both uh, followed the same trajectory. I'm I don't know why we're talking about it, but because <laughs> you asked. They, fucking, they, fucking, okay. they get the drive-through. It was the drive-through, man. It was the drive-through. It was the drive-through. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's wrap this up, Tony. What is your rewatch score for Streets of Fire? I would have to, I mean, even with the awesome performance and awesome imagery of, of Willem Dafoe, I can't recommend this. This would be like a, something I put on in the background to go, you want to see, oh, you know what? You should check out Willem Dafoe in this. And I'll just forward right to those scenes. Outside of that, I, I'm going to get, I'll give it a one just for Dafoe. Yeah. Oh, so one. To win. How about you? Uh, for Dafoe, for Amy Madigan, and uh, for that first song that I really liked, I'm going to give it a 1.5, and that's the best I can do. 1.5. One <laughs> <laughs> over here. That's the best I could do. Oh God, it's so fucking bad. I mean, just just 100 for Willem Dafoe, and that's that's all. There's just nothing else here. There's nothing. It's it's 1.5 just because he looked so fucking cool. He just looked to me. He looked 1.5. So 1.5 for me as well. <laughs> so with Tony's one, Dylan's 1.5, and one my 1.5, we are going to give this movie a 1.25. It is a fucking piece of shit. If you haven't seen it, don't. It's not worth seeing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry that this was your movie this week, Tony. This just sucks. No, man. I chose it. I I, I made um, a bad choice. I oh, uh, like I said, it was all right. We have to get a rock movie. I could either do a three hour long, almost famous, which was an amazing movie, which we'd never yeah. get through, or we could do yeah. nothing but Spinal Tap quotes if we watch yeah. Spinal Tap. So it's this one or the other. I'm like, Let me choose something we haven't seen. Oh yeah. yeah well, now you now you did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you did it. So next I'll let you know what the next one is. Yeah, let's do something good next time. We'll either do like The Warriors or, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street or fucking the China one you were just talking about. Big Trouble in Little China. The non-binaries are gone. Now the one with the Orient. The one with the Orient. We've lost the Asian listeners. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. 
We do have listeners in Japan. It's Not documented. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was All that. Right. Um, we will be back next week with Mickey, where we will be reviewing the craft, and I will be doing the part of the bitchy preppy high school girl. So I'll be showing off my acting uh, chops next week. Um, I want to give Tony the Oscar tonight for his uh, disaster piece theater performance as Cody. Yeah. As I thought he I'm nailed have it. I agree with that. Um, and we'll be back the following week with Pat, where we will be doing dumb and dumber. And I think this is perfect because I am dumb and he is even dumber. So that should be a very good podcast. Oh, and God then, me. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Tony marinate on what you want to do next, man. I give you, I give you, just pick something good, man, because I feel like I I feel like I pigeonholed right. you this week. I gave you like four more. I'm like, pick one of these shitty movies. You were like, oh god. So yeah, pick us something good. Maybe the let's Warriors. Have, that the one like without me. peanuts. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do the Warriors. <laughs> all right, we'll get that. War. All right, so there you go, everybody. You're looking forward to the Warriors. I'm looking Warriors. forward to that. Um, and again, Delin, just tell everybody where they can find us. All right, we are at hey, did you ever see that movie at gmail.com? If you want to email us, we're on Facebook at hey, did you ever see that movie? We're on Instagram at hey, did you ever see that movie? And we're on Twitter at hey, did you ever see that movie? I nice. sense a trend. And I want to say that I have noticed that our listeners have really been shooting up fast. We're like doubling our listens from what we were in the beginning. And uh, just thanks for coming by and listening to the show. We honestly appreciate it. Without you guys, it wouldn't be worth doing. So until next time, I have one question for you. Hey, did you ever see that movie? See you later. Bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the enthusiasm for this one. All right. Uh, I wish we were doing any other movie but this one tonight, but this is what we got. I chose poorly. I <laughs>